Oh, I've already broke a sweater. Y'all cold? Hallelujah. You received in your bulletins this morning your draft papers. Anybody remember the draft? Vietnam, Brother Eddie, you remember the draft. This is a draft order from heaven. You got to follow it. Or you choose to leave the country. Then what people did didn't want to go to Vietnam. People that got drafted didn't want to do things. They chose to leave the country. Some chose to change their name. But they were drafted. They were asked to serve. What you receive this morning is joining the army of God on the 26th day of May. That's a Saturday of witnessing to one person. You realize if the church does that throughout the world in one day, there will be some people that will say, no, I don't want to have anything to do with it, or I've tried religion. If they tell you they've tried religion, say, well, I, I, don't, I don't agree with religion neither. I believe in Jesus Christ. There's a whole lot of religion out there, folks, and, and people put Jesus' name on it, but he had absolutely nothing to do with it. Tell them about Jesus. And you say, well, I don't know if I can. I don't know enough of the Bible. This is a little track to help you get through some basics, but you know all you really got to do is tell your story. Your story. That's all you got to do. They ask you a question you don't know the answer to. Say, well, I don't know. Well, I thought you was a follower of Jesus. Well, I am. I guess I ain't got to that chapter yet. But I got a Bible and I got a whole bunch of friends that I can call on who are not going to throw stones at me and laugh at me because I don't know. They're going to help me find the answer. Brother Willie the other week, last week, gave me the answer this morning to Yoshebel. He brought me the papers this morning so I would know because I didn't know. You're the preacher. You're supposed to know everything. Okay. Guess what? Don't work that way. He knows everything. If I get tuned into him, he'll show me stuff. But if I don't stick it in here, he can't pull it out. He can't pull it out. There's no way I can remember all this. But you know what? I'm surrounded by brothers, and Brother Willie was so kind, he didn't say, oh, preacher, you ought to know this. No, he came to me and said, this is what we was talking about last week. Gave me the answer I was looking for. Thank you so much. And that's what you do. You just tell people your story. I was here, I met Jesus, and now I'm here. You fell yesterday, I know, but he was right there and picked me up. I learned my lesson. I learned from my mistake. I learned from what I couldn't get. And you know, sometimes we got some things that holds us pretty tight, and it's hard to get rid of it. And us holiness people, us Church of God people, us Pentecostal people, we like to be a little bit legalistic sometimes. Stop it. It has to stop. The only one I know that can condemn me or you or anybody is Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can save me. And he's the only one that can say, nah, I'm sorry, but you can't come and be with me. Doesn't matter what you say or anybody else says, it's what he says. And so we're at the last of our series. We've been working for five months. Let me, let me hear you hand clap if you're glad we're done with it. Oh, you want more? Well, you got to give me a few weeks. You're glad we're done with it? Praise the Lord. I just want to know what you thought. I found out. We're at the end of our Overcomers series. I told you we'd be done in April, but it didn't get done in April. It made it all the way to here. Ironically, today is Pentecost Sunday. Did you know that? Does everybody know what Pentecost is? Pentecost Sunday? That's the day the Holy Ghost fell on the church. That's the day of the church got its marching orders. That's the day the church had its muscles to get out and do. That's when the guy Peter, who couldn't tell who Jesus was 40 days earlier, didn't have a problem standing in the same town going out and proclaiming Christ with boldness. And 3,000 people got saved. 
You see, the people that's not filled with the Holy Ghost, they will forget before they leave here today that the 26th is the day that God has sent the orders out to witness. I told you when we started this series, it was going to be tight at times. It's been tight at times, ain't it? It's been uncomfortable at times. We put it online. How hungry are you for Jesus? Not about me. It's not about, Ken, how good I can talk or how bad I can talk. Or how good I can't talk, however you want to say it. See, I just proved it. It's about the truth and the truth that will set us free. Overcomers. Part number 25. If you've missed any of them, they are online. You can go and listen to them. If you've missed any of them, some parts that you've heard is not making a lot of sense to you simply because you was building your building, you took off that day and didn't come in or for whatever reason, and now you got a hole in your wall and your building will fall. Do you understand what I just said? If you only got part of it, Satan's going to send something to shake your wall, and your wall is not as strong as it could be. They are online. Go listen to them. You don't like listening to me? Use one of these computer thingies that can make my voice sound like Jimmy Swaggart or somebody. The truth is the truth. Okay? And we've been given truth for five months. Now, as a matter of fact, we can go all the way back into the fall when we did we was working on the, the, uh, the bait, bait of Satan. All of this is tied together because God is showing us. Let me tell you something, folks. If you've been watching things, two shootings this week. Evil is running rampant in our world. Everybody's trying to come up with solutions. They have spent millions of dollars and lots of hours on TV talking about taking care of this and taking care of that. And nobody's talked about what we need. Jesus. Jesus comes in a man's heart. He don't pull a gun out and shoot nobody. Amen. You're not going to be alone on the 26th when you witness. Find somebody. Witness to them. And let their life be turned around. My prayer is that since we've done this series that we as a body of believers have grown to the place now that we can actually minister to people. We don't need to be training people to be opposite from what the Bible says. This has been about looking at ourselves and not looking at the guy across the aisle. This whole series has been about looking in the mirror. Who is the worst or the, 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 the biggest idol that you will face? What did you learn? Yourself. The guy you look at in the mirror. Self-righteousness. Self-righteous people point to everybody else's problems and they have none. Don't be thinking nobody in your mind. Think about yourself right now. This is what we've learned. I've got to walk for me. And when I walk for me and I walk with Jesus, and the more I study, the more I learn, the more I seek, the hungrier I get, the more I get like him, the more of his stuff that comes into me. And people may pull back yesterday on me, they may pull back five years ago on me, but it don't hold water. Because I ain't who I used to be. How about you? So let's go out on the 26th and let's witness to some people. Tell them about Jesus. You go to the store, you go to the doctor's office, you go everywhere, and my goodness, we got people that we call. Tell them about Jesus. I've told you about some of the things that hurts us as a body of believers. That's why we are so weak in, the, in America as a church. That's why this bad stuff's happening. We're sitting here patting ourselves on the back because we had Easter egg hunts. We did this and that. Bob got, well, I keep picking on Bob, and now we got a Bob. We didn't used to have a Bob, but Bob don't leave, stay. Well, I'll pick another name. That's true. And so we got to put God back in, and that's mine and your jobs, Army. You've been drafted. You got your draft notice this morning. We made sure you got it. I can tell you this, and this is not to knock you down and to make you feel bad. Your Heavenly Father also knows that you've got it. He also knows there's going to be an enemy that's going to try to keep you from doing it. And the enemy is going to attack yourself. I can't talk good enough. I don't know the Bible good enough. 
Well, that's the preacher's job. Man, you better wake up. It ain't just the preacher's job. This work of this church is everybody's jobs, and I thank every one of you for every, everything you do. Youth leaders, children leaders. I actually don't get to hear a lot of this. Everybody. It's all of our jobs. It's been my prayer that I've been able to try to hopefully motivate you to that place by the leading of the Spirit of God because if anything good comes out of it, it will be what he has done and not Ken. Please don't ever put Ken on a pedestal. Knock me down all you want. If you're knocking me down and you shouldn't be, you're talking to Jesus and that's between you and him. Please don't lift me on a pedestal. This is, yeah, that's right. We've got to look out for one another. And so we're going to finish this series up. I've got 30 minutes to talk. <laughs> the title of this message is probably the biggest one you've heard yet. If you hear. If you hear. I'm going to ask you the question I've asked the last three weeks or four weeks. Why are we told to overcome if there is nothing to overcome? Seven churches in the book of Revelation. The entirety of the New Testament is teaching us how to walk. He's talking to believers. So we can't feel too bad because he was talking to them and this was right when Jesus was walking the earth and right after he ascended to heaven when the church was birthed, they were having some issues. The devil didn't, he didn't take a day off. And he started tripping the people up. He started taking doctrine and bending it. You remember, 33,000 denominations from one Bible in 2,000 years. That's not a narrow way. That's a broad way. Where does it lead? To destruction. Narrow is the way that leads to righteousness. So, we're told to overcome. That's what this series is about. And if there's nothing to overcome, which as some people like to teach, then why do we got it? If all I had to do was say a sinner's prayer and get saved, ask Jesus into my heart, why do we even got a Bible? Why do we have churches? It's a lot of questions, isn't it? So if there's nothing to overcome, then why did he tell us to be? If there's no battle, how then can there be victory? We sing a song. We like that one. That's an old southern gospel one. Oh, victory in Jesus. Why are we singing about victory if there's no victory, if there's no battle? You see, the day you got saved was the start of your journey. And until the day you die, that's when the journey ends. What are you going to do with it? So we're going to talk about that this morning. See, Jesus didn't get to go, just go to Calvary so that we could be saved. He went so that we could be free from the bondage of sin. Right? How are we going to reach people if we're laying in the bars? How are we going to reach people if we're staying on the pornographic websites? How are we going to reach people if we're sitting here fighting among one another? That's what the world does. There's supposed to be something different about the church. This is not to knock anyone down. This is to pick you up and say, let's walk together. You see, the Holy Ghost fell on the day of Pentecost because of what? They were in one accord. Do you understand what that means? They weren't fighting over the color of the curtains. They weren't worried about any of these kinds of things. No, the only thing they were in one accord was Jesus promised us something and we're going to wait because we know we can trust him. And that's when the Spirit of God fell. And we also know that during that time they had to continually be filled, continually be renewed, continually take in what he had so that they could grow up and be bigger Christians. And that's what he's been calling us to do in our local congregation. To grow up. Plain and simple. Grow up. You've been doing this thing all this time. You've been doing this all this Why in the world are you still tripping over that? Because the idol you worship is you. Jesus said lay it down leave it alone. 
Why are you still tripping up? Why in the world can't we come and ask people of our brothers and sisters in the church? And I thank God for those conversations I've been able to have with people that are talking straight. Pastor, I'm dealing with this. Please don't share it. Oh, I won't. We're going to talk to Jesus about it. I thank God for that because I know there's going to be a day they're going to be sharing their testimony. And there's somebody else sitting in here or somebody that might show up that morning when that testimony is given because they needed to hear it. Jesus can set you free from any place that you're at. And you can walk the rest of your life free from any place that you're at. The world and people will keep casting stuff on you, but he won't. So, we talked about being set free. Remember the other week I took you guys on this little journey with Charlie in the handcuffs and I had the keys, you remember that? At Calvary, Jesus made the key. At Calvary, Jesus turned the lock. And that was for everybody. The day that you asked Christ into your heart to be your Lord and Savior and decided you was going to follow Him, you were set free. You were already free. Too many people keep picking the junk up and carrying it with them and even though they're not bound to it. Because the flesh likes it. So there's a difference in being set free there's a di- and then being made free. The book helps us to walk along the lines of being made free. You understand? So I'm giving you a little overview before we get into the meat this morning. And now I've got 25 minutes. I'm helping you look at the clock this morning. You see... When I've been saved and as I'm being made free, as the Holy Spirit reveals to me things that doesn't line up with the Word of God. By the way, if you're not familiar with this, this is my Bible. It does a lot of other things. It's a funny looking one. It's a little flat, but you know what? I got like 20 of them on here. One of them's in Korean. I can't even read it. Got it for David when he was living here. But this is my Bible, so when I hold it up, I'm not talking about an iPad. I'm talking about the Bible. Okay? It's in here of what he has given us, what he is showing us. And you see, when the Holy Spirit reveals something to us, now we have been put on on the spot. We've decided whether or not we're going to follow Jesus or not. I got saved here, but now he's saying, I've got to clean this up in your life. He's known it all along. The reason you're dealing with it right now is because now you're actually spiritually strong enough to deal with it. You're coming off of the milk going on to the meat. Now, how many of you would rather have a glass of milk as opposed to a hamburger or a steak? Let me see your hands. All righty, we're heading in the right direction. When he gives us something, no matter it's what the Bible teaches, that's who he is, that's who his character is, we choose obedience or we choose disobedience obedience or obedient people follow the leader disobedience guess what it says Jesus you're not the leader I am I don't care what you've been taught at that very moment until you either go back to that place where that pen has been placed on the map of your life and deal with that Everything else you learn will have to come through that filter. Sometimes it don't add up and it causes you to avoid parts of the Bible. Because you have to be able to justify this. You understand what I'm talking about? And at that moment, when you've told him he's not Lord, the question you get to ask yourself is, am I saved? It is a controversial issue. The devil has done a fine job mixing people up and causing Christians, I'm going to say Christians like this, to do this. Because if you've got Jesus Christ in you and the Holy Spirit is leading you, this ain't happening. Bitterness and strife and all these things comes from the devil. It doesn't come from Christ. Amen? All my hope is in Jesus. It ain't in nothing else. It's in Jesus. So let's read a verse of Scripture. I've got 21 minutes now. 
get this thing going, Jack. Revelation 3 and 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and any, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Do you see that? Folks, this is a banquet with Jesus. This is a meal with Jesus. This is a time of spending with Jesus. This is the place that we receive his word, where we receive his wisdom, his counsel, his power. You remember he said, these things you see me do, you will do and greater. How many of you walked on water? How many of you raised somebody from the dead? How many have touched a blind eye that they can see? That's what I'm talking about, the church being weak. We can send our reports in. We can pat our, break our arms, pat ourselves on the back, but our lives being changed. I would love to have a thousand people sitting in here this morning and all thousand of them come to Christ. Well, they ain't here. Therefore, I guess the job now is is to take in the ones that's come to Christ and now we've got to grow. That's the job. It's a hard thing to do, right? How many of you know that this wall right here is purple? Anybody believe that? Brother Jeff, he's colorblind, so... Well, that's a good point. I should have picked something else. <laughs> but if you've been told your entire life that that's white and somebody comes along and tells you it, that, that, I mean, that that's purple and somebody comes and tells you it ain't, it's going to be so hard to pull that out of you and change it. It's like pulling teeth from a mad mule with a pair of tweezers. Difficult job. But this place where we go and we eat with him, that is where we have his presence. And who's knocking at the door? He is. We don't knock. He's the one that does the knocking. He's the one that does the knocking. Oh, we go to him. It's all because he was knocking to start with. Do you understand that? We don't have it in us otherwise unless it's the Spirit of God you know, how many of you actually pray? Two people the boldness to raise their hand. I'll pray for you. Okay, thank you. Six months later, did you pray for me about what? Ah, that's what I thought. Hello. Come on, folks. I'm talking truth here this morning, ain't I? If we're spending time with Christ, then we're going, to be, we're going to be locked in. You understand? We're going to understand what's going on. And that's when we're spending time with him, that's when we get to know who he is. And you only need to understand this, he is talking. He is talking to followers. You see, when you go into this place, a, a hunger gets created. The day I got saved, got me a Bible, started reading it, there was a hunger that hit me. I wanted to know more. We sing another song, don't we? I want to know more about my Jesus. Is it just a song or do we really want to know? It's upbeat, makes us feel good, but do we really want to know? Are we talking to him? Are we studying the word? Are we seeking things that we don't know? Are we seeking things that we're mixed up on? Oh, but I love that song, makes me feel good. I don't care if you feel good. Do you know who Jesus is and are you walking close to him? That's what matters. Seen too many feel-good services where people are still getting prayed Every time, every year, you go to the revivals. Aunt Martha's still getting her arm prayed for. She flopped all over the floor last year on two nights. And the year before that, she did the same thing. Did he not touch her? No, we need to be at the place that that doesn't bother us no more. We don't need to make it what we want it to be. We don't need to make it what it used to be. We need to be following Jesus today because the end, folks, is near. It is near. If you don't believe it, look around. Look around. We need to be following him. And he is standing at the door. I dare say he is pounding at the door. He's pounding at the door of the church's heart. He's pounding at the door of yours and my heart. He's pounding. What are we going to do about it? Now, I've heard people use this piece of Scripture to lead people to salvation, and that's good. I'm glad people are getting saved. But he is actually addressing the church. 
It's a shame that Jesus has to address his body. The ones that he redeemed, it's a shame that he don't have an open door policy that he's got to stand there and say, can I come in? Please, can I come in? There's something I want to give you. There's someplace I want to take you. The devil's beating you up, but I got the answer. Will you open the door and let me in? That's what he's talking about to the book of Revelation. To this church. But the key isn't so much the door, friends. The key is the words that he spoke. If you hear. Put that scripture back up. Can you, Kenneth? If anyone hears me. Bob, if you hear him is what he's saying. If you hear him. Brother Eddie, if you hear him. See, you got to hear him before you even know to go to answer the door. You see, you come to my house. By the way, I'm not a respecter of persons. I want you to know that. Cause, and if you are, get rid of it. In the Bible, it tells you it's sin. So you can't love sweetie more than you can love me. This is how it is. You can't love Eddie more than you love me. Otherwise, you're a respecter of persons and it's sin. Now, you come to my house on any given day, usually if she's not there. That's when I get a little radical. And before you get there, you might be hearing some music blasting. And it might be... Bill Gaither and it might be George Ounce from the cathedrals and it might be David Crowder I am not a respecter of persons nor of music oh I just touched the nerve didn't I it's the last one in this series y'all it is what it is that's the Holy Spirit knocking on the door right now saying you got to take care of it but you come to my house and you got this thing going and you might hear some music going and it's going to be loud. The dog's even got his paws over his ears. But if you come there with a message for me, you got something you want to give me, something that's going to help me, and you're knocking at the door and I don't hear you, what's going to happen? I'm not going to get the message. I'm not going to get the gift that you have for me. Now let me ask you another question. Are you going to stand there and knock until I do answer? Huh? Most of you just say, I'll give it to him Sunday. I ain't driving down that road. No. And why? Because of all the noise, and I can't hear you knocking, I don't get to receive. And it's the same thing with the Lord. He's standing and knocking. He's been knocking for a long time on Huddleston's door. long time and he's saying I need to trim away the stuff that you call successful ministry because I'm going to tell you what successful ministry is successful ministry when lost people are being saved successful ministry is when saved people are growing when they're dealing with junk and they come out on the other side going thank God that's over but I know how to get through it now successful ministry is whenever they give that to the next person those new projectors, these words on the walls, this building, the air conditioner, the microphone on my chest, the drums, the guitars, the piano, that is not successful ministry. Having outreach programs, we're going to eat on Saturday, we're going to do this on Sunday, we're meeting for this on da-da-da-da-da-da. That is not what successful ministry. That can be the noise that will keep us from hearing God. There can be stuff in our life that keeps us from hearing God. And he's saying, if you hear me, if you will open the door, I will come in and be with you. If Jesus is coming in to be with you, you better know it's going to be a good meal. It's not going to be any burnt cornbread when Jesus makes it. It's going to be just right the way you like it. And he's going to give us the word that we need. He's going to give us the wisdom. He's going to give us the compassion. He's going to give us all these things. So I don't care if you're speaking in tongues or not. What I care about is, is Jesus Christ pulling the strings of your life. The others will come. 
That's what I'm talking about. Are you following Jesus? If you hear. So, what's keeping us from hearing? It's the things of the world. It's the things of the flesh. It's keeping us from hearing the Spirit of God talking to us. I'm going to talk about a subject here just now for a second that is one that gets skipped around and, and watched over and sometimes it gets focused on too much. I want you to understand that. It's a subject called holiness. See, to many people, the topic of holiness is something to be avoided. Am I right? Say amen if you know what I'm talking about. Come on, we're in church. Let's be honest. In many places, it's likened to works earning salvation or it's viewed as legalism. And that's where the Pentecostal falls short. Stack your hair up on top of your head, wear your dress to your ankles, don't watch TV, don't watch movies, da 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 da, da all the rules. It's called legalism. Oh, we can shout. But we'll knock you down if you got a TV in your house. Come on. Come on, say amen if you know what I'm talking I'm not making fun here. I'm calling it what it is. I'm calling it what it is. You don't go to the theater, but did you come here and watch The Passion of Christ? What's the difference? And I know I'm getting in a bad area here, but it is what it is. What's the difference watching it in your living room or at the theater with popcorn? Oh, no, somebody way more holier than you talked it. No, they didn't talk it. Not from the Bible, they didn't. Because if they had it right, how come the world's in the shape that it's in today? Amen, exactly right, Brother Claudius. We reach so many people, we taught them all these things, and why is it now that nobody's coming to church? Why is it that families are just flying away over little stuff, over all kinds of things? The world's just pulling us away, and it's called something called holiness. We don't believe in holiness no more. And holiness is not the long dress and the stacked up hair. Holiness is having the character of Christ. Hey, did you hear about such and such? Oh, did you see them? Oh, I can't believe they. I can't believe he. Do they really think? If those are conversations you will not have to the person's face, it don't need to be happening. Amen. It don't need to be happening. I had that conversation with somebody this week. I said, can I go get a six-pack of beer? Drink it in your house? He said, you can go get it, but you ain't drinking it into my house. I said, well, then why in the world is it you go invite somebody into your house and start feeding you with junk? Amen? You turn it off, it'll stop. You turn it off, it'll quit. It'll go away. And that is what we call that holiness part. You see the description found in the Bible of a holy church, of a holy bride? That is the only description found about the church that is in the Bible that Jesus is coming back for. And yes, we have to get there. I've only got seven minutes and I've only did one page of notes. And I'm going to finish this. If you need to leave, catch it online. God's going to do something here today. So he's going to do something here today. You might want to stick around and find out. You see, some people say that when it comes to holiness, we don't need to be concerned about personal responsibility. Why? Because Jesus is our holiness. Did you know that's actually partially true? Let me show you. Ephesians 1 and 4, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Did you see that? Before the foundations of the world, he's already chosen for us to be holy. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. He didn't predestine that you be saved and you ain't going to be. He predestined that all mankind see dogs, cats, cows, pigs, they don't get saved. 
people. He sent Jesus to the cross. Jesus willingly came to the cross so that people could be brought to him. I don't care who they are. I don't care where they're at. Jesus went to the cross for them and God wants them restored back to him. That's the predestination part. I want you here with me. You've been hearing other junk, get it out of your head because it ain't right. What did I tell you? You put things in here and then you have to start running truth through a filter that ain't right. You're going to end up with the with wrong measurement, right? I get a little bend on my wall over there and then my whole wall goes off. You understand when I'm trying to make it plumb and make it work out together. So you got to get some things out of it. That's what he's talking about. To the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. You see what he's talking about here is something we would call positional. Positional grace. And there's a lot of people that know about this one. And it ends there. You see, you're not any, going to be any more holy than the day you were saved 25 million years from now. You understand that in Christ. Put it this way. Sweetie's my woman. She ain't just my woman, she's my wife. And on May the 23rd, 1996, we got married. And she became my wife. She is no more my wife today than she was in 1996. She's not going to be more my wife at our 70th anniversary than she was on the day that we got married. Do you understand that position is there? She's my wife. When you got saved, you do have some holiness that is in Christ. But it doesn't end there. You see, there's a lot of people who end it there. Some people teach that holiness ends here. But there's more. You see, before Sweetie and me got married, she used to give fellas her phone number. Can you believe it? That woman gave people her phone number? I mean, I was coming along. What in the world's wrong with her? She didn't even know me. But before we got married, before we got together, she used to date other fellas. Didn't you, Sweetie? Oh, she's blushing now. Good thing she's on the front row facing this way. But whenever we got married, that behavior stopped. And it's the same with Christ. See, we can't say we're married to him. Ooh, about walked off of here. We can't say that we're married to him and still dating the world. I've asked Jesus into my heart, okay? Now grace has kicked in because you have ever to whenever you die. Anybody know when you die? And he stuck a pen in it, and that's what he's been teaching you for the last five months. He stuck a pen in it, and I said, now we've got to go back and fix this. We've got to go back and fix it. Are you willing to put your eternal destination on something you're not even really not sure what you believe? Think about it. See, it's a positional in Christ, but now we got something else that looks at us. Let's look at this real quick. Boy, I gotta hurry. I got two minutes. In 1 Peter 1 and 14, as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance. You see, you didn't know better. Not reading your Bible, Christian, is not an an excuse for saying, Well, I didn't know. Well, I don't want to know. If I don't know, then I'm not going to be held accountable. Oh, yeah, you will. You know how to read. You know how to pray. You got a Bible. Yeah, God's going to call that slothfulness, and yeah, you will be responsible. Well, I'm not going to church today. I know what he's going to preach on, and I don't want to hear that. It doesn't matter. He said, oh, by the way, we put it online. You've got a computer. You stay on Facebook like 40 hours a day. Yeah, you can get on here and listen to this if you want to know. Don't think you're going to fool Jesus with that junk. You're fooling yourself. But he said, don't go back to the former lust of, of your ignorance. But as he who called you, in verse 15, is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. All your conduct. You see, we must be holy. 
And it's not that he's saying it's a good idea. No, he's saying that we should be holy. And he's not talking about our position in Christ. Rather, he is talking about what we do. It's doing the book, whether we're going to do it or not. A recent survey conducted of 5,000 people from multiple denominations asking them to give over three or more definitions of the grace of God. Here's what they had to say. Most of you will agree with most of it. 98% associated grace with salvation, forgiveness of sins, an unmerited gift, and the love of God. And only 2% of the people in our population knew that grace also deals with God's empowerment, empowering us to live a holy life. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for my, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my affirmances that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Grace has something to do with some power. And that power comes from the Holy Spirit. That's the only way. And he's saying that we should have that. In 2 Peter 1 and 2, Grace and peace be multiplied. We know about peace, grace and peace go together. We're going to talk about grace. Grace be multiplied, that means more grace. To you in the knowledge of God and, our, and, and of Jesus, our, our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things to pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by the glory and virtue, by which, you have, been, which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of his divine nature. That has something to do with his power. Without his power on May the 26th, you ain't telling nobody about Jesus. Without his power, you ain't even going to remember May the 26th is the day that it's going on. And it ain't going to happen. Do you realize that if the 70% of people that I told you about a few months back actually were believers and actually did this, and let's say half of the people got saved, isn't that enough to make it 100% believers in America? If there's 100% believers in America, then Bob and Bill ain't wanting to get married. Jessica ain't wondering whether or not she's a guy or a girl. Billy ain't having the same kinds of questions. Do you understand what I'm talking about now? It's holiness. Holiness is what we are to seek, and this grace has something with, to do with power. You see, you can't receive anything from God unless you believe it. I'm going to talk to you about the Holy Ghost. If you don't believe that happens because somebody somewhere some time ago told you that ain't real, you are not going to receive. It's no different than me telling you I got a million dollar bill in this pocket. Come up here and grab it. If you don't believe it's there, you ain't coming. If you believe it's there, then you're coming. You're going to come to try to receive it. You see, grace is not only the answer to salvation and forgiveness, but it is power. It is power. Hebrews 12, 1, I'm almost done. 12 and 14. Pursue peace with all people. Hello. Pursue peace with all people and holiness. Oh, we're to pursue holiness? Well, what about if we're already saved and it's a given? Then why are we told to pursue? Does God not know what he's talking about? Huh? Huh? So we're told to pursue. What is pursuing? You go after it. I pursued Sweetie. I caught her. Didn't I? She's just laughing. <laughs> pursue. Pursue peace and holiness, without which no one will see God. You want to see God, you better be pursuing some holiness. That means we've got to get up in the Word, and the Word's got to be coming in us, and we've got to look at ourselves and do a little fixing. That fixing will not happen without the power of the Holy Ghost. We are to pursue holiness. Pursue holiness, without which you will not see God. So quit fooling yourselves. Well, I'm saved. I said a sinner's prayer. We're good to go. And more people's told me this than you few that's told me this. You got some knees to get on. You got a Bible to read. And you got a mouth that can talk. Talk to the Holy Ghost about it. Let him teach you. You'd hate to miss out because somebody told you something, wouldn't you? Because that's exactly what will happen. God say, I, you knew better. I was going to teach you, but you didn't want to know. Because you didn't pursue. So we are to pursue. We are to pursue. And he talks about falling short of the grace of God. Well, if it's something that's already a given, how can I fall short? 
Let me give you an example. Now, me and Sweetie's been married for 22 years now, ain't it? Yeah, here in a few days. Now, if, 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 if she commences to acting like the world and starts sleeping around and cheating, what's that going to do to our relationship? It's going to be pretty hard, ain't it? Now, if we still got a marriage certificate, according to God, we're still married. But her actions now say something different. She likes these other three guys. She's got one for Friday and one for Saturday and one for Tuesday. She comes to church on Wednesday and Sunday to keep up the, boy, I'm going to get it when I get home today. <laughs> Y'all pray for me. I can't pick on these other folks, sweetie. They get mad at me. Well, you will too, but church is over. Y'all go home. Go get some chicken. <laughs> But don't her actions say something totally different? It's the same thing with Christ Jesus. We spent five months learning to look at ourselves. Do not fall for the trap. I said a sinner's prayer. I'm good to go. I can live how I want. Because if that kind, you know, it'd be the same if I'd go to her and wave the marriage certificate in her face and say, now, sweetie, I got three dates tonight with three different women, but we're a husband and wife. If that persists, our relationship will end. It will end. Don't think for a minute. Don't think for a minute. Don't you think for a minute that you do not have to face Christ. Don't you think for a minute that I'm sitting here trying to knock anyone down. By the way, folks, this is edifying. This is teaching right. It might not feel good. Check your definitions of the word before you start throwing them around. Well, I like to be uplifting to people. Well, that's wonderful, but you know what? What good is it to lift them up if they're sitting here living in sin? And the Holy Spirit who was knocking on your door and said, now, tell them, now, tell them. And you're like, oh, I don't want to lose my friendship. Who are you worshiping now? You're worshiping you. Because you don't want to go through the friendship and you don't want to have the conversation. And before long, he's going to quit knocking. And when he quits knocking, game's up. Is that right, Miss B? Thank you. See, this morning we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to put you on a spot. I get put on a spot every month that says, how many people in your church is filled with the Holy Ghost? You know what I've been putting down? I've been putting down the same numbers Brother Murphy was putting down seven years ago. He showed me how to fill a report out. Because God knows I don't want to go back and turn around and put down less because that means I'm not doing my job as good as he did. Right? I'll tell you why. Because for seven years I've been asking this question of God. How will I know? How will I know who the spirit-filled people are? You know what he showed me? These people that keep coming and they keep hearing and they keep being hungry, they keep calling you saying, I'm not sure I understand what you taught. Hey, Pastor, I need prayer because now I've de been dealing with this forever. You know what? Jesus has known it too. But now you've made it to where you confess your, fault, uh, your faults one to another. And then we pray for them. Why, do we, why does he do that? Because it takes your selfishness away. You remember Jimmy Swaggart? Anybody remember Jimmy Swaggart of the 80s? The Jimmy Swaggart of the 80s, I wouldn't even say it. I was going to church so I could date girls. 
I made it home on Sunday night on TBS to watch Jimmy Swagger because there was something going on that was pricking my heart. And I was a devastated man the day that I found out Jimmy Swagger had been laying in hotel rooms with hookers. But there are people today who are believers who will not watch his station because there's no way he could be restored. If Jimmy Swagger can't be restored, then how can you be restored? That's between him and Jesus. That's what he showed me. I'm going to tell you now, my numbers are going to be changing this coming month. And when I get asked the question, now I've got a good conversation that I can have and one that has knowledge with it, biblical knowledge, and through prayer. You understand what I'm talking about? Paul asked the people in the book of Acts in chapter 19, he says, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, we haven't even heard there's such a thing. And he said to them, John's baptism was right, but there's something more. And when he had prayed with them and laid hands on them, they spoke in tongues and prophesied. They were believers. <laughs> they were believers. But they were believers walking around without arms. They couldn't fight the battle. I'm asking you today, how many of you have been baptized with the Holy Ghost? Raise your hands. Keep them up. I didn't see everything. I'm the one that's got to write the report. I don't want to tell no lie on it. Okay, put them down. Brother Murphy had his numbers about right. Out of 197 members of the church, would we have a probably maybe 90 here today, and there's some shut-ins. We got about 80 people that's baptized with the Holy Ghost. And the question is why. We started this series to talk about being overcomers. Friends, you will not be an overcomer without the power of the Spirit. Am I supposed to shout now and get you worked up into a frenzy? No, I want you to come and receive what is real. Some of you may never come back because you felt like you got put on the spot. But at least you'll wake up tomorrow breathing, and at least you'll wake up tomorrow with the Holy Ghost knocking on your door. You may talk bad about me, knock yourself out. You're actually talking bad about Christ. Because he's getting ready to come back for a bride, and he don't want you to miss. He don't want you to miss, and neither do I. And I would be worshiping me if I did not share that with you. Because I don't want you and your checkbooks to leave. I could care less about your checkbooks. I could care less about your checkbooks. Oh, I'm going to teach you that you're coming soon about tithing and the blessings that comes with it. But don't think that motivates me. My motivation comes from Christ Jesus alone. And the devil comes and says, don't you say that. I didn't know if this message would be the last one. I didn't know if this series would be the last one I would ever preach to you. And I'm going to tell you now, I still don't know. For the next three weeks, you're hearing from Charlie and Brother Murphy. Are they going to work it out? I'm not going to tell you who because there's some people, they'll come and just listen to Charlie. And there's some people that ain't been in church in eight months. They find out Brother Murphy's preaching, they'll be here. It's nothing against him. He can't help what people does. You either suit following Jesus or you ain't. Okay? So this morning, and I want you to have something soft. You got something soft? You see, you can't live a holy life without the Holy Ghost. If it's something you get when you get saved, then what was Paul talking about in the book of Acts in 19, since you believed? I can't marry the two up. I'm not going to try to. Today's Pentecost Sunday. 2,000 years ago, there was 120 people in an upper room that had something amazing happen to them. They died for their faith. But a lot of people got saved because of the power that was living in them. 
Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Let me ask you this. If you're sitting here today and you've never asked Jesus into your heart, you just kind of like grandfathered yourself into church because your wife comes or your husband comes or you was drug here as a kid. But you never made a profession of faith. Today's the day to make it right. You don't know when your last breath is. At that moment, you will have decided which team you're going to play for. You're either playing for the devil or you're playing for God. And when you ask him in, he's going to spend the rest of your days rocking your world. He's going to spend the rest of your days with a magnifying glass sometimes, it seems like. But never accusing and tearing you down. That's coming on the day of judgment. But you've been predestined to be saved. And he wants to have that walk with you. He is knocking on the door. Can you hear him? Can you hear him? He wants you to have this power that we've been talking about. Do we want church to be church as usual or do we want a power? That's the question I'm asking you. We started this in January. We're finishing it today. I didn't set it up this way. He did. Of all things, Pentecost Sunday. Of all things. walk out of here without that power and all the stuff you've been struggling with your entire life maybe your entire walk as a believer you're going to have it again tomorrow and you're going to beat yourself up and you're going to feel bad about it and you're going to try to do better and you will for a while and then you'll fall again and then you'll feel like you're the smallest organism on the planet of the earth and then you'll get around to it again. Maybe you'll quit church for a while and then you'll come back in. And it is just a vicious cycle. You that have had the Holy Ghost, <laughs> it didn't end there. You better keep getting that gas tank filled. Because that's what happened to the guys in the early church right in the book of Acts. They were continually being filled. How do you think they was able to stand up against such insurmountable odds? Let me ask you this. How do you think they was able to go and die for their faith? Everybody else said it was a lie. Who's going to die for a lie? Not me. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Number one, if you don't believe, come forward. We want to lead you there today. There will be people that will talk and then people will always say, I'm going to do what Jesus done. He who is without sin cast the first stone. See, if you've received a lot, much is expected. I want the Holy Ghost to be moving in our church because I want the chains that are binding people down to be removed. I want the bitterness and the anger that sits in people to be gone. I want the drugs and the alcohol to be poured down the sink because all it does is it takes you down a bad road. Don't go be looking for somebody to tell you that it's okay. You will find it. You will find it. But when He lives in you, He will always be going, yes, what is it? And He's going to say, we don't walk there. We don't walk there. And the more you ignore Him, the louder the world gets, the louder the sin gets until you don't even hear it. Then the flesh kicks in. Oh, that old preacher over there, don't know. they're talking legalism over there. They, Oh, they don't live this right. They don't live that right. Folks, I ain't your example. Jesus Christ is. Do the best I can just like you do. And I pray tomorrow I do better than I did yesterday. That's what we do. If you need Jesus as your Lord and Savior, won't you come forward today and ask Him? I promise you, He'll come in. He will come in and He will start a work in you that will blow your mind. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, won't you come? 
Because if you don't believe, here's the question for you then. Do you believe in the Jesus of the Bible? Because it's in the Bible. I told you a guy was going to put you on the spot, and I don't remember who saw, but you know. You're worried about who was looking around. Because that's how it's going to be on Judgment Day. Preacher, you can't do that. I just did it. Might be the last message I ever preached to you. But I will continue to tell people about Christ Jesus wherever I go. And whoever will listen. Because He's my Lord. He's my Master. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Do we want to be the lighthouse in this community? Don't like how Danny plays the guitar. Well, Jesus loves him. So get on board. He loves him. You've got to love him. Don't like how Ken talks. That's okay. Jesus loves me. He didn't call me. You didn't call me. He did. If you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, come forward. If you've been filled and you still need to be filled, won't you come forward? Because I want him to do a work in your life. And I want you to have the testimony. Won't you come and let him fill you? And let me tell you, Sid, we talked about pursuing holiness. Pursuing holiness. You don't leave him alone until he touches you. You don't leave him alone until you receive what you're asking. You don't leave him alone until you're able to see what he's trying to show you. Won't you come?